Greetings. On this edition of Discologist we are wrapping up the year and season 11 of your favorite long-running podcast about music. This episode is kind of like a mullet. There is business and industry talk up front, and then a music party in the back. We hope you enjoy both of our modes, but just in case you just want to hear what we thought about jams by Bad Bunny, Sylvan Esso, and more, then it is okay to jump to about the 30-minute mark. This time, as usual, please enjoy responsibly. It is now time for you to experience the show. Alright. You know what that cheering is for? I I can't I can't wait to see how you're gonna tie this back to the World Cup discussion we were just having. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not it's not that. Okay. okay. Um it is cheering for uh the the now official death of chunky glasses. It's gone. It's more of, yeah, yeah it's, like an Irish wake, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the handles are gone. I'm working on uh, taking the site down and uh, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. But in a few short weeks, it will be as if it never existed. And and I that. know how you feel about this, but do you want to tell our listeners how you feel about this? I feel fucking great about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, you know, we, we did a lot of good work over the past 12 years uh, and... Um, you know, it's the friends we made along the way. Yeah, literally. Yeah. No, literally. Zorn, that, Zorn said it, and he was right. He was right on with that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but but also, yeah, we did we did a lot of good work, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in this year end episode here. But um, at the end of the day, like everything just has everything has an end. You have an end. I have an end. Like yep. every project has an end, and if you're not feeling a thing you're doing, then that's generally a sign that maybe you shouldn't be doing it. That doesn't mean like, just like stop doing, if you just, something seems a little hard. Cause look, (laughs) it was a hard thing to do for 12 years and keep up. But, um, if you, uh, yeah, it's just like that, that, just pay attention to that little nudge when it says, Hey, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not, maybe that's not the thing. You can you can use that as a metaphor for whatever you want, whatever's going on in your life. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, on the whole, like I think really really good about it. I did get to go back through uh, all the episodes of Discologist, which used to be called Chunky Glasses, the podcast, and uh, all the 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 big meat of the the archiving was of the live stuff, uh, and that that was wild, and that. Uh, you know, I was doing that in a coffee shop here up in uh, Milwaukee, and uh, might have gotten a little dusty in the coffee shop yeah, a few times. Yeah. Just seeing, of, just seeing what I, memories. yeah, seeing what I do, and then seeing like, like Mauricio's first post. Yep, and then the difference in quality from his first thing, which was great, to like what he's doing now. It's just uh, so yeah, it was it was time. It's a good feeling, and uh, and it's on with the uh, next thing. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Do you feel okay about it? <laughs> I, I, I do. Um, I, you know, I was, I just, for me, it was just such a, such a gift to like, you know, I came on in 15 thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, it was just really, uh, yeah, it was just a gift to be able to like, uh, 
hang out with you guys and come down to the basement every Thursday night yeah. and just it's sort it sort of like slowly became like a a big organizing uh, element in my life of just like oh no this is this is something I do I hang out with uh, I hang out with these guys and and uh, we talk about music and we record and it was really um, you know there were there were just just amazing amazing memories uh, along the way and a ton of great music which is what this whole thing was yeah. about really yeah right was, yeah what well, it was supposed to be about I hope yeah. it was about that I think yeah. and and the end result is like you me and a lot of other people are like family now. Um, yeah, you, absolutely. me, Carrie, Andre, uh, Mauricio, the, the list is Michael, long. Michael. Yeah. yeah. The, the list is, the list is yeah. like super long, but, um, Drew. Drew. Uh, yes. Yeah. I haven't seen that guy in a minute. I'm not going to mention Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Paul. Paul. Poor Paul. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think I would say it's a net positive in the world. Yeah. Which so is this pod, this podcast will continue. Yes. This is, this is going right. on so because just, this just so people all, don't think that we're also like <clears throat> signing off and saying goodbye forever. No, no, no because this is also yeah. a net positive in the world, I think. Um, and I think because, you know, we're doing the year end thing. Uh, a lot of people at the end of the year like to do lists. We are not doing that uh, for a lot of reasons, which we'll get into. But one of them is the goal when we started doing this again was to have a better discourse about music. Um, and not not this discourse where everything's subjective, man. You know that's not yeah. that that's 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 tapping out of the conversation, um, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Uh, and, and it's fine. Like that's that's it's like if that's how you want to be, great. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not us though, and and that's not this show. Uh, so if you find yourself thinking that and listening to this show and being confused, that's why. <laughs> but but. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to go on. I think, uh, I mean, how do you feel about the first year? You feel like we accomplished some stuff, didn't like, what do you think? Yeah. It's always a little, it's always a little awkward when you're kind of, you know, you're trying on a new outfit. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to like run out of analogies by the end of, you know, what I'm sure. going to say over the next minute or so, but, but you know, you're sort of, um, you're figuring out how things work. You know, it's, we're doing this, um, even though we had been doing it virtually, like it's still not, I still think of it as something that we primarily do in person and it's, you know, yeah. and that hasn't been the case for, for, for many years now. Um, but, but, you know, mo you know, uh, I guess what I like the most about it is this feeling of when we brought the show back, that the idea was around just doing something that was not, uh, I don't want to say smaller exactly because that implies things about the yeah. ambition behind chunky glasses and what we're doing now, but it's really more about like doing something that is scaled correctly based on who you and I are and based on what we like Yeah, and bringing our genuine selves into it. And sometimes when you're kind of chasing the beat and chasing the discourse, you end up on someone else's turf. You end up fighting on, you know, on their ground. Mm -hmm. And instead we've kept this really close to home. Yeah. Yeah. For example, we don't, we don't check traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We don't, we, don't, we don't know if there's 40 of you or 400 of you. Yeah. I, 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 I used to joke that there was like our 11 dedicated listeners and we, and we, we actually do know a few of our, our listeners are, but, uh, you know, it, yeah. Checking traffic at this point is, uh, not, not why we do that. Uh, we also aren't, uh, well, we never were, but like, aren't that concerned with having the broadest appeal. 
Right. Um, which right. is what you're talking about when you're talking about like chasing, you know, chasing the dragon. Um, yeah. It, you no, know, this it, is for us. It, if you look at these lists, it's all stuff that a publicist sent to somebody, which publicists are important. Um, but there's also, you know, if you look at it in terms of like the people that get access to those publicists have the money to spend on it, uh, you know, it, it, it puts that in a, in a slightly different light. Um, and if there's anything that we did this year that I feel like we can do better is finding stuff that maybe uh, 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 they don't have a publicist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, they're helpful. It's it's hard it's hard to balance that because there's good publicists, there's bad publicists. We've talked about this a lot before, and uh, but like for example, my my pet peeve is that a lot of publicists with a band will look at it and say, "Hey, uh, as long as we get in Pitchfork, NPR, and now like New York Times, our job is done." Same publicists will complain about there's no small music blogs, there's no small music sites. Artists yeah. will complain about this happening and stuff when they're they're spending usually minimum three thousand dollars to get in the door with a publicist um, if they can. Uh, Brooke Royals, the publicist wouldn't take them. <laughs> That's behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah. I'm not going to name the guy, but like really, it was just like what <laughs> this is. This is a good album, but he didn't see it as it could place in these three spots. Um, but w what has really happened um, is that over the years, as technology has uh, has sort of sped along, is there's hundreds of shows like what we're doing. Mm. And these people that are, are like us, we don't depend on ads. We don't have income for this. Uh, and you have this massive network of the people who are actually buying and listening to the music that you're trying to sell. You know, spending three thousand dollars on a little tiny album is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's also overwhelming if you're an artist because there's so many people out there. Like who do you hit? Like I my answer is always an advice to people is like everybody. If it came on yeah. your radar, if you know the place exists, don't worry about what they'll think. Just send it to them. That doesn't yeah. guarantee anything. And it, but it's got the same chances as if a publicist sent it to them. Is my point. Well, the thrill of that, the thrill of discovery, is something that probably you know propels you and I both as music listeners, yeah. right? We sort of love things, we love going back, but we also like, but we're also both forward-looking people. I had this thought about you the other day, and I was like, I should tell Kevin oh, that I'm thinking about him right now, and that I'm having this thought, All right. which is just that you know, I think, I think, I think for you, it's like a foundational value to like want to look forward. Uh, so I was thinking about this because I was listening to maybe the, the most recent Steely Dan live release or something oh, like that, or maybe it was the live version of the Nightfly. Yeah. One of those, cause, cause you oh, know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. the two releases in the fall. And I, and I was immediately like, you know what? I bet Kevin has listened to this the same way that he recommended the Bobby and the Wolf Brothers stuff because he believes in listening to whatever artists are doing currently. Like he likes the back catalog, yeah. but he wants to hear where they are now. And that is a, that is a values driven thing that you do. That's not like an aesthetic choice. That's, you just believe it's important to know where people are now. And, and Peter Gabriel is a great example of that for yeah. you, right? Like you want to know where Peter Gabriel is at every moment of his career when you're there. Yeah. I, I don't see the, uh, and, and, and the drinking glasses, but also the show, I don't, um, 
consumers, this is just human nature. We want to look for the like the biggest and the best thing, right? Yeah. And that's just like so. For example, the smile came through the Radiohead project. Yeah. I think that album's terrible. I, I mean, I'll just say well, it. I still have not heard a note of it. Right. And <laughs> and I yeah. think it's well, terrible is is a strong word. I don't think about it that much. Um, but I was talking to somebody about it, and, the, and I said, and they were trying to convince me of this. I'm like, look, man, I've listened to it 10 times. And the reason yeah. I listened to it 10 times, he's, nobody does that. I'm like, well, that's what I do. And the reason I listened to it 10 times is because I really liked Radiohead. I still really like Radiohead. If somebody were to deliver a, a Radiohead copy to me, like just, a, you know, a, a, somebody remade uh, their own version of... <laughs> Uh, an album equivalent to say Pablo Honey, I would mm. be like, yes, put this in my veins, <laughs> yeah. and this plays into what we're going to talk about today a lot. But, um, but nobody does that, and this isn't that. But we react to stuff like that as if it were, and it's okay yeah. to say like, yeah, I'm glad they're out there. I'm glad they're doing stuff. I'm glad they have a career. Uh, they've had a legendary career. That doesn't guarantee that the stuff they're doing is interesting. But again, if you had a good time at the show, then great. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but you know, that's just, that's how I process things. I don't, I don't, I don't need to just follow uh, Radiohead side project to that point. <laughs> I think we both did our uh, replay because we're, we're not on Spotify, but either Apple replay. <laughs> right. Right. And I saw somebody today making a list and I said, I was looking at it and they were like, they had maybe like 50 albums they listened to. Do you, I don't know yours. Do you, do you want to know how many artists I listened to this year in 2022? <laughs> Take a guess. I, I, Take a yeah, guess. I'm, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna base it on mine. So mine was over four thousand. Oh my! And I'm, God. And I'm, be, I'm betting I'm betting yours was around there I too. I cannot flex. Right? It was only eleven hundred. No artists. Artists. Or so, um. Let me let me let me. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes. But yeah. I thought I thought I thought. Wait wait. Did you listen? Did, it did it you was thirty five thousand minutes and okay. uh, and eleven hundred artists. Huh. Um, this doesn't account for vinyl listening. Right right. Which we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about. Um, I could have sworn. I could have sworn that. Didn't you? Did you not post about this? Did you not have over four thousand? No, no. It was it was eleven hundred artists. Well, shit. Am I wrong about my total then? I don't know. That that's super impressive. I would believe that about you though. Well, some of I mean, some of it's playlists. Some of it's right. um, some of it's just um, having Sonos, um, you know, and just and just streaming stuff through the house. Yeah. But but a lot of that music listening happens also uh, offline. And it's kind of a challenge to bring that in, yeah. Um, and to to sort of quantify it the way that people seem to really want to do with their Spotify year ends or whatever. Yeah, but to put that number in context, if the person I'm talking about had was a serious music listener, right? So, right. so they, they, they consider themselves a, a serious music fan at 50. <laughs> yeah. And, and takes, we're talking, that's... we're talking 1100 albums. And, yeah. and, and the point I'm, I'm trying to get to is when we talk about the state of the music industry, like, I don't even think I listened to maybe like 10% of what was released that 
that is squarely yeah. in my wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah, way. There's I a could, ton of stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so you look at those numbers and you start to say like, well, what are the real issues? We're not going to get into this episode, but I really want people to start considering that because it's one thing for you to be a music fan and sit there and say, hey, I really love music. I support music. And then it's like, but I only really listen to like 50 different people this year. And then us who do a whole damn show about it, 1,100 people, artists in the year, there's probably at least like 50,000 artists we could have listened to. Yeah. And all that is going into a pool. And while the creation of art isn't a competition, the marketplace sure as hell is. And and that is that's our reality. I don't know how to fix it. We're not going to fix it on this episode. But I you know, I think a lot about this. Everybody knows me. I do, knows I think a lot about this. And it's just like it is staggering like how much well, fucking music because the utility curve that economists like to talk about starts with with a hard cap of 24 hours. You cannot listen to more than 24 hours Correct. of music in a day, right? So your utility function starts with 24 minus whatever other hours you have where you can't listen to music. Right. So, um, and, and my correct number is 1178, nice. um, nearly 1200. Nice. But close to 5,000 songs, 46.98 songs. I, did, I didn't look at the songs. I'll look at that. Yeah. It was probably just one song on repeat for me, though. No, that would be <laughs> We're, we're going to get to some of those good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's and, and hopefully next season, next year, we'll have people on to actually talk about this stuff. Because I think um, discussions about, like, uh, our friend Joe Lappin posted something. Uh, people trying to understand, like, what difference getting paid a penny, for example, by Spotify will make. If it's viable... Should people be paying more for streaming? Like all kinds of shit like that. Um, and the answer isn't just like pay us more or else. And a big part of the answer is people starting to come to terms with the word scale. And yeah. and what that means for a healthy, you know, I put out four EPs this year. I think I'm maybe five. Um, and and I maybe made like four hundred dollars. Right. And I maybe put into that uh, $5,000. Right. Now, that's 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 initial investment. But, yeah. Yeah. But all the equipment, a new base, uh, if you want to say my time is billable, you know, but it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. When people say it's an investment, it is an investment. Yeah. All jobs are, but, yeah. but also like, that's not, I'm not looking at that number and saying shit, I should quit. Right. Because I know my scale. I, I know that I'm making weird, like ambient country influenced stuff that has a very limited audience. With at least one glam metal, uh, yes. Christmas song yes. to come. That, yeah, that's coming. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there was the Christmas, I don't even know what the genre would be for the Christmas tune last year, but, but yeah, my, my, my point is, is that you should always <laughs> sort of, sort of dream big. Yeah. You know, I want to do this and make it, but then also look at like, just look at the reality, man. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's all, that's all, 
Uh, and that's that's the only bit of advice I can give to anybody like trying to make art. Uh, but at the end of the day, you should make art just because you want to make it. That's the only reason. Any other reason, then you're not. Uh, um, it, yeah, it shows. You're, it isn't that interesting. Well said. So I, I'm trying to think if that if that sets up a transition Good. for uh, any of my tracks. It, it um, you know, I think uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of oh, yeah. Go ahead. Before you start, did you have any kind of list? Did I have any kind of list? Yeah, um, I think we can like rule out like what's gonna be on this. The music. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I continued to buy just about every international anthem yes, release. That's like one of mine. Um, it's just like yeah. I could I couldn't name one. I was just like international anthem, man. They're just it's just automatic, right? Yep. Um, a lot of records that I was looking forward to, um, especially in the sort of like big pop space, right? Mm -hmm. So like Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen, just to pick a couple. I've actually not really gotten into those. I've given them kind of very casual listens and then I've I'm I'm sort of setting them aside and holding them for some, you know, maybe for like a really bleak January, February when it's like gray and upsetting up and down the the the, the east coast, but um so 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 things that I thought would be like my big summer blockbusters or whatever. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't really I didn't really gravitate toward. Um you know, I I had um, a couple of really memorable sort of runs of of live shows. Um, we're we're going to oh, talk yeah, about yeah. about about one of them um, a little bit later. But um, you know, I listened to almost as much music live in person this year as I did you know at home on my stereo. There were several weeks when I would have you know four shows a week, five shows a week. So what percentage of that was fish? <laughs> Uh, less than 20%. Um, so as I like, I like to say I go to a lot of fish shows, but I go to a lot of show shows. So, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, this was, this was, this, this, this was a heavy fish year because they did the weird new years in April oh, yeah, and then they played yeah, yeah. so many shows like right here in the mid Atlantic. Uh, so this was a high, this was, this was the most times I've seen fish in a year. This is not representative of, you know. Okay. My, of yeah, yeah, of yeah. real life, I guess. Um, but I had I had so many really you know transcendent concert going experiences, many of which we've talked about here, right? So yeah. the first, so you know, seeing seeing bitch with Sean Barna was one of those great moments. Um, I had a couple of really unexpected happy moments at Comet Ping Pong, which is a venue that I sometimes yeah. really like. Sometimes I struggle with a little bit. Um, there were some, some, so many great shows, um, here at, at Songbird. Um, and it feels sort of appropriate that, that one of my last shows there, uh, for the year will probably end up being that Broke Royals show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. For the, um, uh, for local support. Yeah. Yeah. It was sad I didn't get in the mist, uh, didn't yeah. get in to see that, but, uh, yeah. Um, I actually did make a, a little list. There's no order to this at all, but it, it's just stuff that like, yeah. Um, without looking at my stats, like what I was listening to the most, uh, mm -hmm. uh, gold, alabaster to plume. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dead tongues, dust. Okay. Getting in there. Uh, fruit by the A's. I can't wow, get, okay. I cannot get enough of that album. And I don't know huh. why. Uh, trio of trios, the Charles Lloyd thing we've talked about. Yeah, just picked yeah. up my box set. It's beautiful. It's, uh, and it's, it's, fin it's just a great, uh, set of three records. Uh, Baja Silitators. 
Yeah. The Bitch and yeah, Boss yeah, yeah. album. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is going to be a theme, it's kind of what the music that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say leaned into the ambient stuff, but it just, when I sat down to do like serious pay attention listening, that's what I always gravitated for, gravitated to. Yeah. Um, so there's also the, uh, that raw poetic album. I love that album, Space yeah. Beyond the Solar System. Yeah. Um, an album that you can't get anymore, but I love this album dearly, Going Around by Future Birds. It's going to be that was their That was their Halloween release, yes, right? Yes, it is yeah, going to be released every Halloween. It's mastered a little funky, like the bass is super high, because okay. it's clearly like dedicated, but it's so much fun. It's, it's just like, it, it, that band has evolved into this thing that is sustainable they're just going to be around for a long time I mean, they only played like the back room here in Milwaukee which isn't a big room but they didn't need to because they covered their costs and it's like okay this is, this is what we're doing um, obviously uh, Black Mini Hellfire yeah, yeah. I put Hellfire on the other day and I was just like you gotta be kidding me with this shit you have got to be kidding me <laughs> that an album like this is 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 this great, this on the nose, and uh, yeah, they guaranteed that I will be paying attention to them when, it, like you said, forward thinking. Whatever they do down the road, I'm going to be like, all right, you guys, you guys you guys, got my ear for good. And then, this will be no surprise, The Misadventures of Doom Scroller by Dawes. <laughs> I, that, is, that, is your, that is your big one. That is your big one. That, me, that sure. one is... Um, I still just don't understand how this happened. We, we when I was in DC, we listened to it with Andre. Andre hadn't heard it. The first, it, was just, it, 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 it's just a case of a band that made a bunch of songs that aren't for me, and then made a collection of songs that are very much for me. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a really good it's a really good record it's, it's a really good record it's and and I don't I've I've mostly listened to it when I'm around you and every time I'm like God this is really this is really right. really good yeah. right. you were sitting there by the fire you were something like yeah man this is a really good song just like wow I keep like like I think I hear it and then in my mind when I'm not around it in my mind I like denigrate it or like I downgrade it so that it's not as good as I thought it was and then when I listen to it again I'm like fuck it's really good yeah 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 and that. That's just man. That's just albums that are going to go forward. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. I didn't put any jazz on there, besides the trio of Chieras. I listen to so much jazz, but a lot of it I don't even know how to how to talk about, recommend, or even if I should recommend it. Just be like, if you show up at my house, I'm, I'm probably going to put on a record like this. But th yeah. there's no uh, uh, with jazz. I think the the tendency uh to when something comes out to be like it's the best of xyz instead of just like no this is a good record man yeah i i, yeah. I think you miss that tendency and and i think uh as a music listener i'm better for it yeah 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 i agree non non non-precious listening is is sometimes sometimes the best like what'd you put um, on when we were there when i was there uh oh the the jeff parker Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a, just just put it on and, and hang out. Yeah, doesn't need 
Yeah. You don't need to like like hush around it or anything like that. Yeah, and I'll probably just hear that when I'm hanging out with you. I yeah. probably won't yeah. get it. I'll probably be like, yeah. okay, this, yeah, this exactly. is fine. And just, um, music is meant to be shared, people. In case yeah. you didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. If that's you right. don't, if you don't share it, then it, nobody hears it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. Don't keep it like a secret. Yeah, do not. Uh, speaking of plug for that, uh, Phil has a double live album out on Warhead Records. You can order. Yeah. There's 500 copies available. I have not got mine yet, but I will be getting mine soon. I need to. I need to get on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was our one ad. I, you know, yeah. we would do ads for Phil. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I would. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, that's where we were. Uh, I didn't see any shows this year. Well, many shows this year, unlike you. Yeah. I, I saw one very really different. good one. <laughs> what did you, yeah, what did you? Oh, yeah, I know who you saw. <laughs> yeah, Sylvanessa with the Cactus Club was just yeah. absurd, but that was yeah. absurd for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks to Rusty for indulging my dumb jokes <laughs> and making it happen. Yeah, I think, I think for me, the sort of you know, because I saw so many shows this year, but the one that really stands out for me was the Lorraine show. Oh yeah, um, which I was for, kind of she on the, for Black Mini. Yeah, and I was on the fence about going to that, and I remember, and I remember texting you, and you were like, "Oh no, go see her! It's a great, it's a great yeah. show." And and it really, it really was such a unique. It just made me wish that, um, it 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 made me really hopeful for what uh, she'll do next, because to me, the gap between her live sound and her recordings is enormous, and I would go see that yeah. band any night of the week. Yeah, the band is is ridiculous. I wasn't prepared for that when yeah. I saw it. I was just like, it's heady. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think the crowd that I saw it with was either. They wanted yeah, Black Mini. I mean, at the end of the day, they were like, <clears throat> this is the thing about Black Mini crowds, too. They're young. They're very yeah. young. When Black Mini comes to your town, there's not going to be any drugs available for you because all the kids <laughs> took them or at this show. They're all gone. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, you know, at first they were like, what is this? And then by the end of the set, they were just like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. Man, she's so great. But um, should we move on? And and yeah, let's, let's, and, and let's, who, who let's wants to who wants to go first? Um, let me let me just kick us off because I'm gonna let me just I'll just do something that's the opposite of everything we talked about because I'm okay. gonna go for a big a big dumb pop record and we're just gonna get it out of the way because it's embarrassing for me. Um, but uh, one song that really did a lot for me and that really made me connect with an album that I did not expect to connect with is the title track on Bad Bunny's Un Verano Sinti, which uh, I was, you know, I sort of viewed listening to that album as a kind of sociological, as as like sociology homework. I was, you know, in the yeah. same way that you and I sometimes feel uh, an obligation to know what's happening in pop music. And I just thought it was getting good press and I thought I should, I should really, I should really give this a spin. And when this song came on, I was suddenly like, oh, my God, I think I have found my like sad boy summer anthem. Uh, and I did not expect to find it on a Bad Bunny record. Um, so uh, I don't think you've have, I don't think you've heard this, right? Or have you? No, I have not heard this. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear. I wonder I wonder if you'll get the same Frank Ocean vibes from this that I do. Oh, wait, is, is Frank Ocean involved? Uh, he's not involved, but there's, but there's, there's a, okay. yeah. No, 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 I hear you. All right. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. No sé qué pasó. Otro amor que de repente fracasó. En mi cuarto está lloviendo y afuera está el sol. 
Ay, ay, dime qué pasó Si fui quien falló Sorry por ser yo Ay, y no seré el hombre que te merecías Yo quizás madure, pero en otra vida Nadie estaba lista para una despedida Sabes cómo soy bebé, yo casi no hangueo y ahora salgo todos los días Pa' ver si te veo, aunque sea de lejito con la juca y el perreo Mañana voy a terapia, hoy vi para el teteo I see the Frank Ocean at the end I, That is, uh, first of all, it's the first time I've heard Bad Bunny But that's, that's a little weird because that is, if I'm not mistaken It's like the best selling album of all time, right? It's one it's one of those. It's just crushing every record. It hits. Right. It's popular with like every demographic. It's you know, huh? Yeah, yeah. Do you? That would not be enough to get me in. Uh, but do you find that you enjoy the rest of the album in equal measure, or it has a lot of you know? So I, I so I think I think it helped me clarify what I want out of a big pop album. Okay. And, and you know, what I want is something that I think uh, bands knew how to do and then forgot. And it's something that, like, whether you're, like, ABBA or the Pet Shop Boys or, you know, even, like, a Guns N' Roses. Like, the idea was that a big, a big album needs to have something for everyone in a way that, that works and that holds together. And he kind of manages to do that. Like, there are songs yeah. that are, like... There, there are songs that, like, you know, I think someone like my mom's age might hear and think, oh, that's a nice song. Like, is this sort of a bossa nova thing, right? Um, there are clearly plenty of songs about just being fucked up at the beach, um, which is a good good yeah. summer vibe, too. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to this, which is, you know, it's, it literally is is about, you know, facing a summer without uh, without this person and how it's it's... It's not it's not like a clear heartbreak song. Like Like, what the song is saying is, like, it's different than I thought it would be. He's thinking about the past. It's not it's not a purely sad song. It's really just a song about having sort of feelings. Right. And at the same time, you know, it's summer. So you're out and you're doing summer things and you're a little sad, but you're also carrying on. And I don't know, something about that just landed like just like an arrow. And, you know, I, 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 I really was caught off guard by it. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's that's the secret of a really good pop, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. that's, that's the secret sauce in Taylor Swift things, is right. that is that it? You know, it's basically distilling a rom com down to like three or four minutes. Yeah, and yeah. and these platitudes are exactly that; they're platitudes, right? Yep. But yep. we all we all like eventually at some point think about that, and it doesn't anymore like sixteen. And like like we watched uh, what do we watch? Uh, Spirited. Which is like it's actually a really good take on on Christmas Carol. I, I can't believe that I would like say it, and I didn't expect it to be a full on musical. Um, but it is. But it trades very much in just these basic emotional beats, and then yeah. like gets them right. 
so that it doesn't have to do any and this uh, a pop song it doesn't have that time it does that's a two hour movie a pop song right, you know right. has to do it in three minutes but if they can get in and say like hook you with the thing and then be like okay now we're just gonna hang out um based on that i will listen to the rest of the album yeah. Because I, I yeah I, I I suspect you won't you won't love it and you may not find it that that interesting but but I I you know I'm I'll be curious to hear uh, yeah. and I know and I know I'll get a text about it when you do <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> um we'll alternate yeah let's alternate I was gonna say just yeah. roll through yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll alternate we'll alternate uh, I'm gonna go in a completely different direction um I've been listening to a lot of this band uh, Sus uh, this year. Uh, it was a four-piece. It is now, sadly, a three-piece. Uh, one of the founding members, Gary Lieb, died in 2021 um, after they completed one of the EPs that makes up this album called Night Suite. Uh, the remaining members, Jonathan Gregg on pedal steel and dobro, Bob Holmes on mandolin, baritone guitar, acoustic guitar, some keyboards, and Pat Irwin on basically electric guitars. Uh, you know, they're, they're jack-of-all-trades in this. Um, their their music is is... Uh, literally, like the tag on it is ambient country. <laughs> so, and, and they're one of the few people, and I can't remember I heard of this band, but they're one of the few people that I think actually that fits. Um, they're they're taking country traditions and sounds, and they're not like burying them, not, like not just adding like a pedal steel to some like drone, uh, even though yeah, that, that right. occurs. Uh, this is very sophisticated music. Uh, this is very uh, cinematic. Uh, music. It's just very. Um, it puts you in a mood, and one thing I looked for this year was any music that could do that just stayed at the top of my stacks, because otherwise it's it's not necessarily a distraction from everything else going on. Like I'm not I'm not I can't I can't except for maybe once I can't remember sitting down and listening to that Dolls album and just being like sit down I'm gonna listen to it. Right, right. I just, I just had it on. Um, this also tracks because, and I, I've talked a lot about this um, in the late nineties or late eighties, early nineties. Uh, Eric Clapton and Ry Cooter both did all this weird soundtrack work to films that, like, not a lot of people saw. Clapton was doing the more popular. He did Rush. Um, I can't remember if Homeboy was him or Cooter. They might have even done one together. I've got a bunch of them on vinyl. Um, but it really, uh, at that time, because I was in a uh, in a symphony, this music like appealed to me. And as these people that I can saw rock people were doing this stuff, I was like, oh wow, you can do like sophisticated, uh, sophisticated work. <laughs> this is this is not Ry best work. I will say that. But but it was interesting, and and it had to create a mood because it was playing for a scene in a movie, and. Almost invariably, it was always better than the movie that, the, that they were doing the work, the music for. Uh, but they, uh, like Johnny Handsome is the one. I don't know if I've sent that to you. I don't, I, I don't think you have. I no. generally keep it in the drive because you can't find it anymore, except I found the vinyl up here at some weird shop. But it's a whole other tale uh, for, for another time. At any rate, this stuff just hits right in my wheelhouse. I am really glad that I discovered it. They... Uh, put out the albums from it is called Sus. It's the first two EPs and then the completed third and then a fourth at the end put together. It's a double album release. Uh, and the fourth one was going to be called Across the Horizon. I'm going to play like the title track from that. It's actually like the 17th track on the album. 
um, because they do go in order. But uh, it is a long. If you like this, links in the show notes. Check in and uh, and it's a journey you're going to take. You're going to want to right across the horizon. That's us. I was kind of I was kind of experiencing that as as you know the 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 guitars felt like a sort of a chorus of people trying to pull the piano from its like the right. piano's harmonic like right. like that melodic line is so well defined you get those you know those little sort of um you know the 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 interplay between the melody that's individual notes and then the chords that come in yeah. And it it just seems so well defined, and I just hear the guitars sort of calling uh, the piano to kind of join them in a less well defined space, and it's a really interesting tension. Yeah, the the band. I mean, it'd be easy to dismiss music like this as like, oh, it's all very samey. Um, yeah. it, it requires that you pay attention to it, and uh, and that that quality of like it, you know, it pulls it in one direction, then other things are pulling it, like. It can sound very like uh, disparate, you know, very just loose and apart, and then it just comes back into focus, and it just goes in and out of that. Um, I, per- I personally have not heard many bands that can do that this well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I'm really, you know, there's a question when Lieb died if they were going to continue this, and clearly, like they are and they can. I mean, it's not. It's sad that he is no longer with us but um 
it would, yeah, it would have been a shame for them to be like, we aren't going to do this anymore. Because I think this isn't your bad bunny. Right. 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 And, but this, this stuff is the balance of that. Like you can listen to bad bunny, but also be open to like listening to something like this. Yeah. 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 You, you, I, I, you know, I think both you and I fall on the side of, in fact, that's what, that's what a well-balanced life looks like. It's, it's, it's having, you know, whatever your, uh, because we don't talk about guilty pleasures, right? But but right. but some some food or, or some some music offers more sustenance than other than other forms of music. Yeah, and that's okay. I eat candy and I eat kale. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, can, can I use that as an album title? <laughs> yeah. Just to be, I'll, I'll add it to my notes file of like good, yeah. uh, you know, good song tracks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So check no, that out. It's, really nice. it's out there. Yeah. Uh, it came Sus- out on the second. S U S S. Yeah, it's up on Bandcamp. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that. The, gotta they do say that. the record is uh, extremely limited. I don't know how limited. I don't know what that means, but huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go looking for that. Cool, cool. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep us in kind of a similar space. Um, All right. And this is not. Uh, this is this is again sort of a little bit different from from the kind of forward looking thing that we were talking about. But uh, you know, I had a really amazing time seeing Pavement five times this year, and uh, it just felt like an absolute gift. Um, you know, I had seen them uh, a handful of times in the '90s. I saw them probably three or four times in the '90s. I saw them once or twice on their 2010 tour. And that reunion was was really kind of joyless and and sort of rote. Um, it was fine. It was nice. I mean, but they were touring. They had just released a greatest hits, and it it, it you know it didn't it didn't feel uh, it didn't feel like something the band really had their heart in. Right. And I think this tour was originally announced in 2020, and in fact, I would not have been in a in a place to be able to go see this in 2020. Yeah. Um, the fact that it then got pushed back to 2022 and I had all these life changes, I got divorced, all these, all these things happened and I found myself alone. And suddenly I remembered that I had, you know, I've always collected pavement bootlegs and there've always just been great recordings coming from across the Atlantic. And I just yeah. had this idea of like, damn, I want to see pavement in Europe. And so I did, I saw them four nights in London. We've talked about that here, but, but, but really what's, you know, what's, what was remarkable about their tour is. Um, the, you know, the, the way, the seriousness that they brought to their material and, you know, they're not doing that thing. Like, like I think, I think they've essentially offered a template for what a good band reunion can be. Yeah. And it's different from things that other bands have done. It's not the Pixies. It's not an attempt to get back together and start recording new music. Mm. Yeah. It's not, it's not just about faithfully recreating what you've done before. It's not even entirely about fan service in the basic popcorn sense of the word. I think what they realized smartly is that, you know, they were going to do these stands. So they had a couple nights in Chicago, like four nights in Brooklyn, four nights in London. And they approached those as sort of like, as like, as mini homestands. And they tried to shake, you know, they had a lot of different songs in rotation when I saw them in DC, um, you know, I had heard a couple of shows from the tour, but uh, but I, I had sort of kept myself away from it, partly to be surprised. And I was, you know, a few songs that I was just like, oh my god, this is a different pavement that we're getting. They're 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 jamming, they're playing with gusto. There's like an energy here. Yeah, yeah. And when they started this song, Pueblo. I just thought, okay, if you're mailing in a reunion tour, this is a not a song that you learn. 
B, it's not a song that you play this well with this much feeling. Right. And, and, and that was for me the signifier that this was, this was sort of a different approach to things. So it's a little bassy on the recording. It's like an indoor audience recording, but you get to hear the crowd that way and it's good. So anyway, here's, here's Pueblo from the Warner Theater in DC. I fuck up by not going on pavement tour. <laughs> that was that was kind of jammy, right? That was a little heady. That was I, a lot. Well, first of all, yeah. I don't need it to be jammy. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. you know, I am, I am. Um, I don't even know if I'm a casual pavement fan. I mean, I, I hear them and I like them and stuff, but like I hear that and I'm like, oh man, that actually sounds pretty fun. And pretty good. That was the song. That was a song that was for the people who know their catalog well. Like 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 the night I saw them, they played a shit ton of songs off of Wowie Zowie, which is universally regarded as their like. They're they're the album that cemented their commercial failure, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they and they played like the like the like five or six most memorable songs off of that. Some of which are slow, some of which are abrasive. It was it was really you know you hear some people reacting when they start playing that. Like there were several moments like that that were like, oh, this is for the heads. This is for the people who listen to your B sides. This is right. for the people who spent many many nights alone listening to these records and getting into them. We we've talked about the greatest in quotes American band. Are they in contention? They are. I think they are for sure a great American band. Um, they they um, they do. They are. You know the challenge. The challenge with that with with applying that label to to bands that came around. You know, late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. is that it's already not the first wave of rock, right? It's already not. Right, but the, I but I don't know that it matters. Like you know, the the, the first wave of rock clearly there, there was that explosion, the Beatles, the Stones, and and it's hard to yeah. like top that stuff. But that doesn't mean that's the only like segments yeah. of the DNA. I think there's still some to be, like be revealed. 
Yeah. yeah. I, you know, w- w- what I often wonder about Pavement, too, is that I know there's a lot of bands that sound like Pavement, but what I don't know is if they Pavement actually influenced them around the same time, or if it was just everybody kind of got on this segment of the DNA around the same time and pavement like clearly does it better because that that is my experience with pavement it, if somebody wants me to listen to like late 90s music it's going to be pavement yeah yeah i think i think they i think they did influence a number of their contemporaries and i think um you know in terms of uh you know many people myself included thought okay well that music had its time and it's not really going to come back until you see that at the new york residency you know, it was yeah. it was snail mail, soccer mommy, bully, and Sadie Dupuis who played. Uh, you know, they 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 combined to play a set of all pavement covers. And so, oh, you know, wow. whatever 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 you think about the current crop of of you know guitar guitar driven indie rock, like those are pretty important names in that space. And yeah. uh, it was you know they left no doubt that that pavement are hugely influential to them. Biaba Dupuis was there, I think, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. I dig it. Um, I'm going to, this is actually a good setup for what I'm going to play. It's an album I wish we had talked about, but also it is along the lines of uh, not commercial failure in this point by any means, but definitely setting up something different. Uh, it is No Rules Sandy by Sylvanesso. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know why we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, I think it was just our time off or something to break up, but. At any rate, this came out, uh, it was debuted at Newport Folk Fest, uh, came out immediately after. The vinyl is going to be coming out in at the end of January, I think. Uh, this is their fourth album, and it is, you know, if you've been following them, they've been, uh, like, kind of defined their own vibe on the first one, and the second and third albums, they kind of went more explored, like, what if we made a slightly bigger pop sound? And really engage, like consciously engaged in that in that world. Uh, it worked out for them. Then they did this project that I absolutely love called With. That they took these songs that they had they had maximalized as far as they can go. Like the two of them, they maximalized in, in their very specific pop sense. Uh, in so they took it down and made it more organic, and went out with a bunch of shows. This was right before the pandemic too, because I think they. They made a film of it. It's on YouTube. It's free. Uh, yeah. It's and it's on it's on wax. It's it's great great stuff. Uh, they put out a pandemic album, or now I'm in the pandemic. Um, that one is actually my favorite that they've done. There's something just so emotionally resonant uh, resonant about free love. Uh, still, yeah. uh, this is none of that. Uh, they they've said it is their their weirdest album. Um, well, whenever artists say that, you got to be a little like, okay, like you guys were in the studio working. I, I, I'm sure it felt like that. It doesn't quite sound like that. It, but but what it sounds like, it's a little, it's it's so uh, willing to like not lock in on a vibe necessarily and go whatever direction within a song. Yeah. Um, it's all about, uh, I, I I think, this freedom of expression that they have. Now that they have like their own studio uh, down in North Carolina, um, they've been doing this a long time. So the, you know they they don't want to get locked in like this mode <laughs> of yeah, yeah. Uh, of just like oh this is who we are and this is how we do this to get bigger. Like the 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 
always getting bigger isn't necessarily the goal with this. Um, that's the Fruit album, the, the Psychic Hotline, their whole label that they, they do. Um, but what I've found listening to this over the year is that this is like this is a serious headphone album. Um, and I was about to say, yeah, my, my primary experience of it was was going for walks um, with yeah. headphones. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so dense and it's not it's not apparent if you're just like casually listening to this stuff. Uh, and, and there's a lot of like raw emotional work. Uh, in it that uh, most of it I think I think works I think you know uh, when you yeah. when you have an artist or anybody like wants to be completely raw about stuff that doesn't necessarily have to fit into this box of like ooh it's pleasing right you know, right, right right sometimes it's a little yeah. uncomfortable sometimes it's just like oh you did this but um, to your point about like forward thinking and stuff at this point in their career they've sort of earned my ear that I'm excited by this because I don't think that this is going to be, I, I, I think their, their best work is like far ahead of them and they've already got a great body of work. This isn't, this isn't an album for people who just come to the show and want to hear coffee, right. which is a great song. But yeah. a few of those people are going to peel off, you know, that yeah. they're like, Oh wait, maybe, Oh Wow, this is a little. This is a little weirder, a little darker, a little more experimental. Uh, and it's uh, for me. It's just like a. It, it, it's an absolute success. The song I'm going to play off of this uh, kind of illustrates that they pull in uh, a whole bunch, a whole range of musicians uh, on strings. I think Sam Gendel's in there somewhere. Oh, that's right. He is. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it's just remarkable. But uh, this is the. De facto title track for this album. Uh, it's called Your Reality. It's a jump to rise. Lift off right now. Don't know how to swim in the air. Come on now, teach you how. It's a step inside. The stratus quo. Don't know how to walk to the sky. Come on now, teach you how. Let me help it. Let me fight. Let me remember how to live my life Well, the rules originally are Are we learning how to be Surreal but free It's your reality It's your reality It's a jump to rise, lift off right now Don't know how to swim in the air, come on now, teach you how It's a step inside, the stratus quo Don't know how to walk to the sky, come on now, teach you how Let me help it, let me fight Let me remember how to live my life For the rules originally Originally, I will learn how to 
I don't, I sort of run out of adjectives for how to describe the way that song makes me feel. Like there's a quality to it of being relaxed, lang- languid maybe, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And the way Amelia's vocals come in, it almost sounds like, it almost sounds like you just stumbled across someone who's singing to themselves. And, yeah. you know, and then you have to kind of marry up the song that you had to the song that they were. And like, there's this period of like, oh, are they going to fit? And then they do fit. Um, yeah. And it, no. it's just... It's a really, it's, it's such a remarkable accomplishment. Um, and it's such a good use of their, of, of like their, their respective strengths, I think, as musicians. That's something they seem to be really yeah. keenly aware of. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, but I, I suspect people don't understand how like intelligent they are as musicians. Yeah. Because you hear, and I think that's why the, the, this project works as a whole. You, you hear people people say that they're an electronic artist and you don't have to know much necessarily but yeah. that that's not this um yeah. that that's bringing everything they know um about you know their work just in like typical genres into this new stuff that like they both love and that's what made the project go from the beginning and makes the project go now um yeah i i mean like I don't like Daria is not necessarily with this. <laughs> yeah, not her. Not her. Yeah, not her. And, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. And but but no. that's that's okay. Like you don't. The point cannot be simply to just get every fan with everything you do. Uh, if right. you do that, your work is becomes uninteresting. Um, you make it. You. I mean, you make a lot of money and live a good life, but you're you're. I, I don't know that that could be satisfying. I, I don't. I don't think that they would, you know, ever want to go that route. Yeah, I would like yeah. to hear. I would like to hear an actual album with that with band, though. I will say that. Yeah. They yes. hint at it. They hint at it on this by bringing in these other like musicians. Yeah. But having like this, having that full blown experience. uh like it, it just shows. It focuses the light on how good a songwriters they are, that they can translate it to that, and then, like, instead of a side a side project album, maybe like just have bring more and more into it. And that's what I mean when I say I think their best work is ahead of them, I, because you don't want to just go balls out on that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 I really I really like and I think we've talked about this before, but the sort of you know I I remember watching this is year one of the pandemic, but I remember watching maybe the flock of dines dines yeah, live stream right, um, and and I think and I think and spotting like Amelia in there and just being like oh wow they're really doing a whole you know um, and that band was great too and I would have totally wanted to see them yeah um, yeah yeah all these all these bands are interconnected it's like it's how you build you know back to what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, you have to know your scale, and you, and then you have to understand the word sustainability, and yeah. and and these people planned ahead. You know, uh, maybe they saw what was coming, maybe they didn't, maybe they just wanted to like do things better. I mean, the mass exodus to North Carolina was because it was cheap. Like yeah. <laughs> it was cheap, and there was a market. Merge Records was down there, so there were clubs, um, and they weren't even the first wave. Of people, right? Um, right. But like now, all these people are down there, and they're creating an entirely different kind of scene, and it's it's uh, remarkable to see because you get stuff like this, you get stuff like the A's, 
you get Phil Phil Cook's continuing work, uh, Joe Westerlin, Jen Wassner. Uh, yeah. I mean, the list is dead tongues. I mean, it's right, 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 and it's all over the place stylistically. It's fantastic. Yeah. Only thing I miss about the East Coast. Yeah, I was gonna say your spiritual home. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, but yeah. So uh, get that vinyl. Dude. Yeah, um, I feel like that—that's the kind of record that I'm afraid that like I may have bought three copies of it because I think I kept being afraid <laughs> that I hadn't ordered it yet. Yeah, and uh, you know, and you go online and like you just don't see the Bandcamp thing saying you own this, and so you buy it again. I think that, I think that happened with Free Love. I think I have like I think I still have like one extra copy of Free Love. Oh, wow. So if anyone's looking for one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have 20 copies of Bob Weir's Ace on the way for exactly that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but neither here nor there. Okay. Um, moving on. I'm going to I'm going to close this with a non with something that I really experienced in the again in the non-digital uh, world uh, of music and this was, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, I've been really into like Luther Vandross and the Jones Girls and this sort of, you know, late 70s early 80s um you know, popular African-American music that yeah. was kind of not quite R&B. It was like after disco and soul, but like modern R&B hadn't quite arrived yet. And um, and the session musicians all tend to be like leftover jazz or soul guys. And mm -hmm. it's a really, it's an interesting um, dynamic. So Marlena Shaw, uh, she was on Blue Note. Um, yeah. And I came across this record of hers called Who Is This Bitch Anyway? <laughs> and uh, it's from the it's from the mid Fantastic. to late seventies. I want to say seventy five, seventy six. The opening track is sort of you know plays like it's called Streetwalker Blues, and it, it it plays as a guy propositioning her, and and in the liner notes she explains that no, it's this is this is what it's like to be a woman alone in show business. Is like there's always a guy there trying to like mm -hmm. throw money at you for something or to get you to do something that he wants, um, and not to have you go in the direction you want to go in. It's a great album on the whole. I found it I found it on vinyl here at Songbird, thanks to Jonathan for 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 knowing nice. they had it when I just randomly asked, like, do you by any chance have who is this bitch anyway? Um this song, um, called Loving You Was Like a Party, does one of those things that like a good old soul song does, which is that the minute you hear it, you are convinced that you have heard it, that you know it, and and like like you're usually singing along by the first chorus because it just it just sort of like uh, plays itself out in this way that is just so mathematical and expected and reassuring. So uh, here's Loving You Was Like a Party.
Uh, yield early synthesizers. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I don't know how I didn't know about that. Now I will uh, be on the lookout for all of that. You know, stuff like that is uh, you you tend to find over the past decade or so have found it on like a numero group reissue. Yes. What I'd like to see is maybe not them, maybe somebody else get more into just reissuing that actual record. I mean, I'm assuming that's not that wasn't used. That that was something that's known in the world, right? So this so the the pressing I have, I think I think it was pressed in Japan. Oh, so this wasn't this wasn't this like was, a this, record store but, thing or anything. No, no, no. This was this was like this was like a used. This was like a forty dollar used record. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, but it, but but it's it's Blue Note. It's like it's that's that's who put this out the first time. Um, right. So yeah, <laughs> Blue Note with their experimental synths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but but you know what I mean. Like when when yeah. I got a really uh, great comp from Norfolk uh, from a numero group called the Norfolk Sound I believe I haven't heard uh, that one yet it's good uh, but I wish that there was actually these albums of, of yeah. that they did that once with uh, Ned Doheny okay. and, that, and that one's really good they had the Yacht Rock one and then people were like hey that Ned Doheny is really good and then and they did that with like the uh, Jim Sullivan UFO Right, right, right. Should Light have, in the uh, Attic did that, I think, right? Light yeah. in the Attic did that, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that type of thing is, um, they're they're easy to sell to middle-aged dudes. <laughs> people <laughs> yeah. like us. Yeah, people like us. <laughs> but also, like, there's in, like, there's entire histories of music left to be uncovered. Yep. Um and surely there are people out there doing research on her already that we could find or whatever. But like part of the joy of listening to music for me and, and for you is, is that active discovery is going out and me like, how, what is this? Is this going to like that Jones girls record yeah. that I picked up, uh, on I'm so Sunday, happy you got that. Sunday. I'm so happy you got that. It's, it's them in like, it's like 1986 maybe. Yeah. And them in like workout leggings and everything, and, and and you look at it and you're like, I I know what that's going to be, and you absolutely don't. It sounds like Philadelphia doing Prince. I was about to say that Philadelphia DNA is in it. Well, it's it's, it's the Philadelphia yeah. sound is the label, yep. Yep. and Philadelphia doing Prince. But there's like this this one line in the song, and maybe the name of the song, but like. And, and and the whole song is built around like you want my love, you can't have it. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. and there's no resolution where you can have it. It's yeah, just, you want nope. my love, you can't have it. <laughs> Carry your ass on some other trifling woman, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, no, you're not good enough. Uh, and and yeah, that that whole era is just a fantastic period of time. Uh, for black music, for one, but uh, just in like some of the ridiculous ways people express themselves, and it works out. It it does it does right. And, that's, and I think and I think that you know you know there's there is something in it that that we oftentimes when we hear it, even if even if those records were done 
for cynical commercial reasons or whatever, there's still something in, and I'm not saying that about the Jones girls. I'm saying like, if you go crate digging and you find these kinds of things, the thing that looks like the most uh, label run cash grab will still have an element of something that I think we often uh, feel like we're missing in modern music. Right? Yeah. 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 It's this. I mean, it's intangible. It's hard to talk about it, but I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's what people were more interested in telling stories then, um, or but you know the Bad Bunny thing tells a story. I think that's why it's successful. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, this definitely tells a story, and it's yeah. a relatable story. And it's not. It's not like her feelings. You don't confuse like that. She's the person actually talking. It's like she's. This is this is some character telling a story. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a. Uh, a really wild example of that that I had to get my illusion shattered last night a little bit is Dolly Parton. You don't think in any Dolly Parton song that she's the person that's actually this is happening to. Right. And, and, and you think of how many songs she has. I don't know how that happened. But that's that's yeah. In the Mountain special, the Mountain Magic special, she sings a lot about Jesus. Every song is about Jesus, and it's clear that that's it's Dolly Parton singing to you, like the the person. And it was yeah. a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's an off note. That's an off note. Yeah, it was sort of like, yeah. I see you, uh, but also look, Willie Nelson in the special. He smokes so much weed he can just teleport in as a ghost of Christmas present or something. That's <laughs> 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 fantastic. Uh, but now that you're there, Dolly, Dolly yeah. is, remains the queen. Um, yeah, that's great. I'm going to look for that uh, or just steal it from you next time. <laughs> um, uh, all right, I'm going to go. Home. In a, huh? Yeah, bring us home I'm gonna, here. Yeah. I, I'm going to go in a wildly different direction um, simply because this is something that we meant to cover. This is something that I've listened to the shit out of. Uh, this is something I know the drummer. Uh, the name of the band is Motorcade. Uh, their second album came out, See You in the Nothing. Uh, they are a quartet from Dallas, Texas. I have described them as John Hughes core. I think there's a lot more to them than that, but I think it's the easiest way to describe it, the type of music you would expect to see in like 16 Candles, Weird Science, um, and everything that's spawned up around that. Specifically, like Pretty in Pink, I think is the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a definitively 80s sound, and I've been listening to this all week, and I am so insanely jealous of whoever mixed and mastered this, whoever they got to mix and master this album, it just sounds so good in a way that albums sounded back then that made me fall in love with music to begin with. Uh, the best part that I'm finding out about them is that they're, they're our age, but they can tap into like those emotions that were being put forth in like like the popular like Echo and the Bunnymen album yeah. uh the popular smith stuff so and i should point out my favorite echo in the Bunnyman album is not like ocean rain the dark and like killing moon Ooh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. it's their self-titled one which is like completely pop but it's like it sounds like a motorcade album. <laughs> yeah it does it does yeah yeah and yeah. um so like for me like 
the fact that they sound like that album over something else, it, it's it's like a huge difference. When when you're coming up learning about music, and then you a lot of people like make their identities about music. A lot of people just reach for that one that everybody knows, like the hit album. Like if you say Rolling, well, Rolling Stones is a bad example, but generally, like if you talk to somebody who says, "What's your favorite Rolling Stones album?" and the only thing they say is Exile Main Street, there's nothing wrong with that. But they also don't know much about the Rolling Stones if they say that. If you if you follow it, right? But if they say Steel Wheels, <laughs> right? They've thought about the Rolling Stones. They've yeah. considered the entire catalog. Yeah, they they're like, oh yeah, and then they'll probably be able to talk to you about that. Similar thing is like people who who like just cannot appreciate Use Your Illusion by Guns N' Roses because it's not yeah. Appetite for Destruction. It's still the band. They're just doing. They just what most bands get to in like a fifteen year period. They just did it the very next album. So, yeah, yeah, right. So so. Motorcade is going to appeal to me because, like that, because they fit into that. They fit into that. This is the off album by the biggest band in the world. You know that that you might have heard because you just weren't old enough. But this is what got you in the door, and uh, it just uh, I, I love this, and I, I love this song, the slip, because it just I'm just going to fucking play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that is pulling from so many things that I like. Right? Did yeah. you did you come to, to Pretty in Pink like long after the fact, or was it? He- yes, I saw it for the first time. Uh, was it this year? Oh my god! Like I know the soundtrack very well, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I'd actually watched the movie all the way through linearly. Like I had seen bits and yeah. pieces of it here and there. I knew I knew the story, but I hadn't sat down and watched it until fairly recently. And it's superb. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. 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 I I really um we were supposed to get him on, on the show, this band on the show, 
Uh, and maybe we'll like we can't start off next season with them because it has to be Sonny Stitt. But uh, <laughs> of you know, but may, hopefully we'll get them on like next year. And I don't know, maybe they'll have a new record and stuff. But yeah, this this type of stuff is. Um, I know the guys from Sound Opinions really hold this in a high regard. I don't. I don't see a lot of people talking about this outside of Texas, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and it it sort of speaks to like what we as a society, like the consumers, like what they want, and how very different America is from the rest of the world, where this could sit right along a bad a bad bunny on the charts, and 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 no problem because they're like good song, good song. We don't yeah. care what kind it is, and here there's some there's something that keeps this like down. But I remember suffering through the tens of all those like synth wave and like synth pop bands and, and all this stuff, and none of them come close to what they think they were doing. And these guys fucking hit it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, they are sort of kept in. Um, I mean, I mean, we have these like genre ghettos or whatever, right? And that's not the right. Yeah. That's not the the best term for it, but sort of like things that are, that are, that are too specifically in a lane are viewed as not having mass appeal. Um, and that yeah. really ignores the quality of the work. It's really just to focus on like, Oh, well the people who listen to this have spiky hair and wear leather jackets. So that's not going to be a hit. Right. It's yeah. that kind of like very simplistic yeah. thinking about what the mass market wants and what the mass market wants, I think is, I mean, sometimes it's really basic, but it's it's open and receptive to quality and to good things when when it's when when those things are made available to them. I, I think it is, but I also think it's like it's easy to get seduced by the fact that image sells. So if yeah. you look a certain way, you, you're going yeah. to get an audience. Yeah, um, and a lot and there's a lot of examples throughout history. It doesn't even matter if you were that good. It yeah. just like it just like you look the part and you you check the boxes like the minimum to get in there and then you find yourself with like a 30 year career. <laughs> um, and I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but that, that's a lot of uh, a lot of pop punk, uh, a lot of pop, you know, it just. Yeah, you're right. um, but it's also like a lot of DIY. You know, yeah. it, it, this 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 idea of aesthetic in music like idioms are real like there there is um but this idea that we ignore like the the physical aesthetic like what people look like and stuff is uh that's hilarious that anybody would ever think that yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. right you know well i don't know what i don't know what the the aesthetic i'm drawn to uh for say like the grateful dead is <laughs> but i know it's there yeah, like, I, I yeah. can't deny it. Like, there's something I look at, like Bobby, and I'm like, yeah, he's a wizard. <laughs> and this is this is wizard music. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so well put. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious. I don't know. I don't really know. You know, I have that first album of theirs. Yeah. Um, I gave this one um, several listens, I think. And um, I really have no idea what they look like. I have no idea what a show of theirs would be like. You know, I would, I would, yeah. I really, I really want to know those things. 
Yeah, yeah, I do too. <laughs> we, yeah. we talked about like getting them up here. Like they could play Chicago, they could play Cactus Club. I know from I think they have a few videos of shows out. Uh, it is kind of what you expect. They're like middle aged dudes. Uh, Jeff has played in like St. Vincent, War on Drugs. I want to say Polyphonic Spree or not, but they just played a gig with the Toadies. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but they're, they're definitely like, it's a whole package. So there's projections going on, you know, so it right, sort of looks right, like they're right. in a sea and stuff. I mean, they nail, they just nailed the atmospheric, uh, presentation wise of what it, it you had to do in the eighties, but they look like middle-aged guys. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. It's yeah, cool. it it is pretty cool. It gives it gives yeah. me hope for like they're, they're one of the reasons why I was like, yeah, I could just make music. I can do that. I don't have yeah. to worry, I don't have to fucking worry about it. Like because they're not they're like this is what we like to do. This is the music we like, and we're not locked into this. We have families. We have other projects. We have. I think Jeff runs a record label um, that is okay. more geared towards like folk and country, uh, State Fair Records. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he's the drummer, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, so I hope everybody like recognizes that it's good stuff and goes out and, and get that and, and demand that they come to your town. I mean, yes, yes. Go see them if they tour, please make the help, help yeah. make this band successful because we want them yeah. to tour or just yeah. book them. Then they'll tour. There you go. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's our twenty that's our twenty twenty two in review, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about about where we're at with things. Um, I think y- you know we didn't we didn't talk about the Tronasonic experience. We did not. We did not. We had a whole thing where we were we had there were a few different psych records that we thought were really interesting. Yeah. Chief among them was Tronasonic. Um, we just were exposed to Mild Life. Um, yes, thanks, which, is, which could which could be like a whole other portal. What? Um, How would you best describe mild life? <laughs> um, disco fusion with yeah. Um, it's like soul disco fusion played by white Australian dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the album again like, is like. It's like live at something, and they, and they just play this album live. I, I I forwarded it to somebody recently. And they, I can't believe this is live. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole there's yeah. a there's a um, the video of that performance is on YouTube, so you can actually oh, watch them play that record. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's worth doing. You, there's 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 like bongos and there's there's like hand percussion, right? Bongos and a congo. There's like. Uh, uh, there's there's synths, there's guitars. Um, everyone looks like they're maybe 22. Um, yeah, you know it's really it's kind of impressive. It is, I, and I, I'm gonna recommend like this is one of those ones that your experience is gonna be better if you take like two bong hits. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just yeah. just or whatever Demolites. you like to do. Like, yeah, yeah. Get yourself yeah. in the in yeah. the special place and then go listen. Yeah, to get it. yourself in the special place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> However you do that, that's that's fine. But yeah. Uh yeah, that that's actually pretty fantastic. Um 
The Toronto Sun thing, though, is a double album. We'll we'll have to do that next year. Because we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Post post it in twenty three. It's a lot. We'll it's it's yeah. two albums, and uh, I have them. I don't even think a hundred copies of the vinyl were pressed. I but man, yeah. I listened to that the other day. It's a journey. Um, yeah. So beyond that, did you have any like comfort songs this year? <laughs> like older songs. Um, I I that's a good question. Um Huh, I'm kind of stumped. Um I know there I I can't think of any, but I know there were several old albums that I that I that I kind of turned to. I don't know that there's a track that I can pull. Hmm. Um I, yeah, my listening one. was kind of unfocused, but I, but yeah, oh yeah, no, but but anyway, so so, I, I may have so one. the so, answer <laughs> the answer the answer for me is unclear, but I know you have unclear. one. Yeah, uh, we yeah. we've done this before, and we talked about stuff uh, where you expect to hear like new music on this show, uh, but we also that's not what we're about. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about this before about how the final Dire Straits album on Every Street is one of their better, if not best. Uh, I go back and read a lot about this band to understand how a band can go from like the pub rock scene to what they were based on essentially Martin Offler just being an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Like totally. Yeah. He was just doing Chet Atkins, but he was doing it, but he was doing it. Yeah. He was doing it in a, in a, in a rock format. And every time uh, I hear this or I read this, the, the phrase like, well, they went maximalist and it didn't work. <laughs> but I'm going to play a little bit of a song for time, you. And uh, yeah. I, want, I, want, I want you to see if it works for you. This is uh, On Every Street. You gotta be on somebody's books. The lowdown picture of your face. Your injured looks. The sacred and profane Pleasure and the pain Somewhere your fingerprints remain concrete And it's your face I'm looking for On every street
upside down I don't know why it is I'm still on the kiss It's a ravenous town You still refuse to be traced Seemed to me such a waste gets that breakdown man you've gone on a whole journey and then he's gonna take you on another journey and it's fucking like again he's just he told a good story there's a lot to be said for you know yeah mark knopfler has made really great creative decisions throughout his career i think um, you know the soundtrack work he's done um, some of the solo stuff he's done the kind of very ex- like the record with Emmylou Harris is great um, yep and you know On Every Street is one of those records that I, I would sort of not give it its due much like Fagan's Comicuriad and uh, yeah but then but then you keep you keep pestering me about it and eventually I do listen to it and I'm like god damn it Kevin's right again this is yeah Come Curious is, is a whole that's a that, that could be a whole other podcast show. Um yeah. yeah, this is this is and this is what I was talking about sort of like with Motorcade. You obviously I came in the Dire Straits exactly when the majority of people did which was uh, Brothers in Arms. Mm-hmm. That was right I was the age and that's that's when it, but you had this whole crowd of people that were like, Oh no, the earlier stuff is better. And then you have people older than me are like, Oh no, it's really about this album. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Your Brothers in Arms was the the way in and it's an exceptional album. But it's one of those things that was such a big hit that like no matter what they did, people aren't gonna aren't gonna like it. And there's a lot that this this album steals from Brothers in Arms, but I it, to my ears now, I've been listening to this since it came out. It does everything just a little bit better. And it tells the same stories, but they're a little more fleshed out. They're a little more resonant. They're not... It makes Brothers in Arms sounds very much of the time where it was... Even like... The title track for Brothers in Arms is beautiful, but it is one of those 80s songs where like, why do we fight, guys? What if we just all got along? Right. And there's none of this on this. Um, and, uh, And that to me... Like this is a band that I'm sad that did not keep making records, because Martin Oliver clearly had a lot to say, 
and he just works differently in his other stuff. But yeah. the the just the working man, the layman's stories that he was able to get into this short because they had a pretty short career considering. Yeah. Uh, is is remarkable and it all comes to the fore on this this album so i listened to the shit out of it this year and if you haven't checked it out or if you have or like holding your nose at it or whatever like maybe stop that and maybe maybe like put it on your uh, record player and then only yeah, then if, will if you be kevin, ready to experience kevin, comic Carriad. if kevin can listen to bad bunny you can listen to on every street perfect <laughs> that's it right that's it yeah yeah all right well that, that, that's our that's our season that's the year end uh we will be be back sometime in january i don't know when there will sometime. be a new site yeah we are now discologist at discologist pod on uh instagram and twitter and facebook i think and mastodon if you're into that uh, your new site to go to will be discologist.com. Uh, that's just going to be us. There's going to be some, uh, there is going to be an archive at some point, uh, because that would be foolish to throw away all those years of work from everybody. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a searchable archive of the live stuff of Chunky Glasses. And then hopefully, although we don't have it nailed down, Mauricio is going to be back and he's going to be doing his own site and it's just going to be live music in the Washington DC area. Um, I can't, I can't wait. I'm helping out a little bit of that, but that's really just completely his own deal. So I, I can't, I can't wait to see that. So, uh, that is it. So, uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Take like care of your year. (laughs) Yeah. Do, do be good. Listen to good. Listen, listen good. And, uh, yeah. How How about a new motto? Just like, don't fuck up. Yeah. How about that? That's right. Don't be shitty. All right? Don't be shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Just just don't fuck up. Don't be shitty. Don't fuck (laughs) up. And you're good. We'll see you in January. Bye.